we're back after a long weekend. I ordered this book. Yeah. I started reading this book called How to Be Sort of Happy in Law School. Oh. And it's pretty much just a book about how terrifying and depressing and gut-wrenching and awful law school is but it's like here's how you can make it like a little bit better it's actually like it's like a self-help book but it's actually really interesting and oh my god i read like the first three chapters last night so i was just so into it no it's like a guy who went to stanford law and Mm -hmm. did his jd phd and he really just talks about how law school is nothing like the actual legal profession Mm -hmm. but it's just like the most draining and it's good (laughs) it says that if you have like it says that if you have like friends or significant others when you're in law school you should get them to read the book so they understand you're going like, through that you're not a horrible person and you actually <laughs> just have like negative time <laughs> that's i feel like that's like setting you up to think it's going to be so stressful i don't know like watching mike do law school i don't think he had an awful time i think it was the best years of his life no, everyone who goes to law school says, everyone I've talked to says that it's, like, the best ever and it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. But I still think it's, like, horribly stressful and, like, yeah. severe in a lot of times. I guess, yeah. guess what you make it. Like, you're in law school, you're not going to get kicked out because you're smart. Like, might as well just have the best time of your life. This I feel is what like I the think. Is, the mentality is definitely not pass-fail, um, <laughs> because, but I'm not even going to get into it. We can't talk about it. it fair i haven't even gotten there yet but i'm just reading this book and it's 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 terrifying me but it's also making me be like okay if a guy from stanford who did his juris doctorate phd duel was like this was severe okay but he went to stanford and did it he was obviously very smart like that is the most severe thing you could do who would want to be do a jd while doing your phd that's like setting yourself up to have zero time for anything except for studying obviously this is like the worst case well, but he, but all of his information is from sources, data, oh. economics, Cassandra, oh. statistics. Uh, oh. It's not his information. So sh- I should read this. You're like, oh. now I'm intrigued. He quotes statistics. Mm. I'm intrigued. I love a little, little economist reading in the morning. Okay, well, speaking of, like, self-help <laughs> and, you know, like, preparing yourself and, you know, working through some mm-hmm. things... We have a registered therapist on the podcast today. Ocean is from the United Kingdom. It was she's so interesting, yeah. she's so cool to talk to. You can look her up on Instagram under Ocean's Therapy. She puts like all of her videos up there. She definitely gave us a lot of useful advice, and we know that you're going to get some good advice out of this too. This has been a long time coming. We probably should have had a registered therapist as like our first episode just for us before we even started. <laughs> like when we were like, let's make a podcast, we probably yeah. should have been like, maybe we should just go to therapy instead of making a podcast. Yeah, I don't know maybe why that was the outlet like we're trying. A red flag for us, but yeah, now we know we have some tools mm-hmm. in our toolbox, and mm-hmm. we can continue on. 100%. The bosses will see you now. So my name's Ocean. Um, obviously, I, f- I created the page Ocean's Therapy. Um, so my background is that I studied clinical psychology for um, a BSc at Royal Holloway. And then I did my MSc um, at King's College London in mental health studies. And I think I guess my kind of love for the area of psychology came from that, from learning a lot about it, but also understanding how a lot of people need help nowadays. And I think, I guess with Ocean's Therapy, it was totally kind of a stab in the dark, um, mm-hmm. but I just thought, let's just go with it. And now here I am. So I have the pleasure of being on your podcast. So you do your live videos and you interview a lot of people. Do you also have like clients on the side and like how, what what's the structure of your business? Yeah, exactly. So I do do that as well. So I do therapy on the side. I'm also, um, I do hypnotherapy also alongside that. Um, And I guess I'm just trying to kind of broaden out my field. Um, I'm thinking about training, um, doing our rapid transformational therapy as well, um, which is Marissa Peer, her um, course, which I might actually be undertaking. So I'm just trying to get it like quite a few different bits done. Um, But I, I really enjoy it because it's not only the client side that I love, it's also the Mm -hmm. side, this kind of part where I can meet new people and Mm -hmm. interact on my page. And that's the part that I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. Can you go a bit into hypnotherapy? I haven't heard much about that either. Yeah, sure. So obviously, I mean, the course was really cool. So basically, with hypnotherapy, technically what you're put into is a deep relaxation. But what a lot of people don't realize is that in every day, quite a lot of us go into that naturally, we're just unaware of it. So for example, when you're driving a car and you're, you're not actually 
looking at the, a sat-nav and you just go. It's like you're on autopilot. You're actually in a deep relaxation, which is similar to that that you go into in hypnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or when you daydream, for example. So you use that then, you get people into that state to then help them get over certain aspects of their life or like release addictions, that kind of thing? Exactly. So you, you take them back into that area of their life, you put them into a deep relaxation. And then what you do is you try to work with the subconscious. So when we're in that deep relaxation, we're at our most vulnerable time that we our subconscious actually listens. So even though you may not feel like you're taking on new information because you're in such a deep relaxation, your your body's actually listening to what's coming in and your subconscious is taking it on. Mm-hmm. So that's how it actually helps with the root issues in your life and why I believe it's so important because rather than just giving someone medication, it's actually mm-hmm. getting into the subconscious that you maybe don't want to delve into and understanding why you feel the way you feel. Mm, that's so that's interesting. So interesting. How, like, how many sessions would it take to kind of see some changes in people? Well, some people say, so some people do say that they can see a difference after one, just one session because mm. they just felt like they needed to get into that deep, deep, deep relaxation and understand a bit more. Um, but I, I believe, I think, depending on the severity of the issue, I think it should take a few sessions because, yeah. you know, you've got to build the rapport with the client. You've got to also, they've got to trust you. They need to feel comfortable in your presence and especially comfortable to kind of delve into areas they maybe don't feel comfortable usually to delve into. Oh, so interesting. So I think we really kind of, we had a couple topics that we really wanted to discuss with you, Tim. We actually promoted on our social media that we were having like you on. And a lot of people said that they wanted to hear about dealing with self-sabotage. One topic that Cass and I have always kind of wanted to discuss, but we obviously don't have the expertise that you do is self-sabotaging. I mean, there's so many different aspects of people's life, Mm -hmm. like their career and relationships and why they self-sabotage. And we just kind of wanted to discuss that topic, I think, with you a bit. Sure. So, I mean, self-sabotage is a very normal thing to do, especially, you know, in our teens when we're really um, vulnerable and also malleable to other people's opinions and what's going on around us. So I guess self-sabotage is when you undermine your own goals and values. So in just in the definition of it, it's it's putting ourselves down when maybe we actually don't need to do that. And in general, there are a few reasons why this behavior happens. So having maybe previously been hurt and the fear of that happening again. Mm-hmm. Um, for some people, it feels actually better for them to control their own failure rather than letting the fit the possibility of it take them by surprise. So in fact, they actually self-sabotage because it's kind of a protective, um, it's a way to protect themselves, which mm-hmm. sounds really contra- contradictory, but it is. Um, also, obviously, um, it's a lot of the time it's also a lack of self-esteem. So it doesn't have to mean that you have zero um, confidence in yourself, but you know, we'll get like that. Some days you just don't feel as good as you want to feel. And that is when the self-sabotaging behavior tends to be at its highest because you don't feel good. So then you actually basically start to carry out these behaviors, which maybe you don't even realize, but they're really affecting you. Um, and, And I guess it kind of links into the fact that you feel unworthy of good things happening. So you basically believe that you cannot accomplish what you truly deserve. So that in itself is... For, for the example of why we self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. So does it affect us at different, in different ways at different stages in our lives? So like as a teen, would it kind of pop up in a different way than it does in our 20s or post-grad or careers? I would say definitely, because I would say that I think in your teens, the way the self-sabotage would go is this is not, you know, 100 percent. But mm-hmm. I think it's more kind of like you, you you're pushing yourself down because maybe this is where it links to comparison because comparison is kind of a tool of, uh, you know, the cruelties of comparison are a tool of self-sabotage. Um, and I guess the fact that what you do that more, you're more likely to do that in your teens because as a teenager, you're constantly looking around you and you're, you're self-actualizing and it's a difficult time um, and you're actually becoming who you want to become. So you, in one way, you're trying to make yourself be the best version of yourself. And in the other way, you know, small things can get you down. Your hormones are all over the place. Whereas when you're when you're in your 20s, you're also, you know, hit with a lot of other issues, which can be just as severe as in your teens. The fear of getting older, the pressure to get a really good job, to get married, to have kids, these type of things. 
And you can end up really self-sabotaging yourself because you feel, oh, for example, I believe that in the 20s, a lot of the time people self-sabotage in relationships because either they've been hurt before or a friend or family has been really hurt. So what they do is they beat themselves down and they they actually jeopardize a really good relationship that could be fantastic because they're actually fearful that it that it could go wrong. And that links back to what I said about either you've been hurt before or you've got the fear of it happening. So it's better for you to control it than someone else take control over that. I'm so glad you brought up that it's in relationships because that's like kind of where I've heard that people self-sabotage the most. Yeah. So I guess like what are some signs that you are starting to self-sabotage in the romantic sense in your relationships? So I would say personally that I think there, there are a few things. I believe that one, once you start looking at your partner and believing, oh, that I'm not good enough for them, that's self-sabotage. You're, you're telling yourself that, that you're not worthy of them. Well, you know, I, I, I come at it as such an empathetic point of view. Of, I understand it. But why would you say that to yourself? You need to, push, you need to turn around and say, I am so worthy of that person. You, you, too shouldn't, you shouldn't be looking at someone and thinking, oh, they're way too good for me. You should be thinking, we are compatible for one another. And that person chose to be in my life or I chose to be in their life. And that's, that's what, it, what it has to be. Think about it positively. So I believe that is one big red flag of, you know, you realize you're doing it. There are small things that I believe are self-sabotage. Other people may not. I believe things like going through your partner's phone, I think is self-sabotage. Tracking your partner, putting, you know, why do you need to know where your partner is all the time? Your relationship shouldn't be a leash. It should be, you're both having separate lives together and you create one um, as a separate entity. So there's three, three lives rather than making them feel as though they're caged or they're making you feel caged. Did you see what I mean? So yeah, I think that's interesting. It's like you're almost giving yourself reasons to not trust them because you want a reason to not trust them. Exactly. And you and you, you know what it is? It's like the way that it's so interesting because I see it all around me. I mean, I've seen it in, my, in myself before. Mm-hmm. It's something you can see on someone else's, in someone else's phone or what someone else is doing. They may have done this in such a, um, innocent way but the way you perceive it is going to be entirely different so why carry out that behavior in the first place because you carrying out that behavior is basically setting yourself up to be upset and to be hurt just going off that too sometimes you are self-sabotaging but how do you know if it's like your gut is telling you that this isn't right and you're trying to find reasons to justify it I think those are two different things so how can you kind of understand what's going on in those senses do you mean as in the relationship isn't right yeah so I think I, I, I believe as you, what you just said obviously I think you you totally have to trust your intuition and trust your gut because our bodies show us feelings in such amazing ways and I do mm-hmm. believe as you said that you have to trust it but there is a difference I think what you have to um, understand is okay in a relationship, do you have trust for that person? Because it can't just be love. Do you trust them? Do you feel compatible with them? And do you feel happy when you're around them? And if you don't, then maybe start questioning yourself. Okay, am I carrying out these self-sabotaging behaviors because of the fact that I'm feeling actually inside me, I'm feeling unhappy and I'm feeling either neglected or I'm feeling mm-hmm. constantly worried because of the way my partner makes me feel. Is that because of an actual problem in the relationship or is that because of my behaviors and it's a really tough one it's really tough because no relationship's the same but I think what you can what I would say is that in some what you need to be sure is that are you self-sabotaging in other areas of your life are you just self-sabotaging in your relationship okay maybe there's an issue there maybe it's not making you as happy and fulfilled as you thought what it would mm-hmm. or are you self-sabotaging in every aspect and that's just one of them yeah that definitely makes sense so when you see clients and people who maybe have self-sabotaging tendencies do you find that they are aware of it often or do you find that they're telling you their story and what they're struggling with and then you're having to be like these are the signs that I can tell that you have self-sabotaging nature and tendencies like how do you become aware if you are someone who self-sabotages that's such, such such a common thing people ask because it's so true. Sometimes you really don't notice it. Mm-hmm. What I find with my clients and also people around me is that 
some of the time they identify one aspect of it, but they don't realize how deep they're actually taking it. Or they think in one way, maybe this could be self-sabotage, but they don't realize that they're, they're, they're causing self-sabotage in, you know, the tiniest things that you'd never realize. So a lot of the time that happened. And then the other half of it is that when people have no idea, so they truly do believe that the way they're acting and the way they're, they're believing in themselves is how, how they should and their behaviors are normal. But actually they've got so used to it and it's actually become habitual to them that that's just their personality. And now they feel that that's the way I am. And this is the hardest thing is trying to get people to realize that this isn't your personality. This isn't you. you are, you're suffering because of the fact you're carrying out these behaviors, but actually we can remove them from you. You know, I can give you those tips. I can give you those techniques, but you need to practice them. It's, mm -hmm. it's fine for me to say, okay, look, let's identify, let's understand, let's look at your self-confidence, uh, let's face your fears. But if you're going to go and leave the session with me and then straight away just start carrying out the same behaviors, I can only take you to the, yeah. fit, the, the end of the line. You have to hop over it. Mm -hmm. What are steps to stop self-sabotaging and being aware of what you're doing? So I like to give five steps. So I firstly say identify. So whether that's identifying the behavior by yourself, whether that's, you know, sometimes I say to people, why don't you ever ask those around you and say, do you feel, because your best friends and your family see the way you are. Why don't you ask them, you know, do you feel like my behavior's in any way self-sabotaging? -sab um, why not just use the power of those around you if you feel like you can't identify them yourself um, or, or whether that's you seeing a therapist and them identifying for that for you, that's number one. Number two is understanding it. So understanding why you feel the way you feel or why you do the things you do is you're halfway there to the to, to getting better. So mm -hmm. the subconscious seeks to self-sabotage because it's a way to protect and defend yourself. So it's a lot of the time, this is your fear and insecurity taking over you. And you need to be aware of that because by being aware of the fact that this isn't you as a person, this is mm -hmm. your subconscious, you can understand more about as I said why you're doing it so that's the first two then you need to look at your self-confidence so sometimes this is deep-rooted and that's why I think I've always said that everyone can speak to a therapist because everyone has something a little niggle that they can sort out with yeah. with a little bit of um, advice from someone else so it's definitely about kind of understanding that um, looking at the self-confidence and also face your fears so what is holding you back what's making you feel that you can't accomplish what you want to accomplish what's actually telling you I'm not going to apply for that job because I'm not good enough you know why are you feeling that way what's triggering it how what happened the day before that made you feel this way if it's something that's just only just come on um, and also practice 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 so repeatedly telling yourself positive things tell yourself when you look in the mirror I'm looking beautiful tell yourself that I should have the, the CEO role why not you know if, if you tell yourself these things that are up there what you you're only going to land a slightly lower rather than aiming for down here you have to have push that confidence in yourself to say I deserve the best of the best yeah no that's that's super good advice so going back to kind of what Cassandra was saying do you tend to see more clients that the more you get to know them and the more you talk to them if they self-sabotage they self-sabotage in almost all aspects of their life or is it more common to have people who maybe don't self-sabotage in relationships but they don't have that confidence when it comes to their career or job or vice versa so there's a big mix. I mean, there's a huge mix. But I think a lot of people uh, do self-sabotage a lot in relationships. I don't know whether it's our generation. I, I really actually don't know. But I do know mm -hmm. that so many people nowadays have such an issue with um you know, trusting their partner, um, carrying out the behaviors that I, I said beforehand. Um, and I think that what it is, is that if you get yourself into a really negative mental space, it's all going back to mental uh, your mental health. Mm -hmm. If you're in a really negative mental space and you're feeling down or you're feeling anxious, you're more likely to self-sabotage more because you don't feel, you don't have that confidence in yourself when you feel low. Whereas if you're in a bit of a more, more positive mental space and you feel a bit better, it could be that although you're actually practicing, uh, you're trying to feel better in yourself and you're feeling a bit more confident, you're still just having these small little self-sabotage behaviors that we can iron out with a, with a session. So mm -hmm. it, it's a big mix in terms of that. Do you think that these behaviors are inherited? Like how, if your parents are self-sabotaging in relationships or in other areas, are you more likely to do the same or what other um, I guess predisposed reasons would 
people self-sabotage? Sure. So I, a lot of the time I, I do believe I don't sometimes I, I believe genetics do play a huge role. Don't get me wrong. But I think that the reason is for that is because the fact that we learn our schema from our childhood. So what we see in our parents, what we see, for example, how we see our mom act towards our dad, our dad act towards your sister. All of that is the way that we're then going to carry that onto our future families or our lives. So if we see our mom telling herself that, that oh I can't oh, I can't achieve that or I'm not going to apply for that job because I, I don't actually believe that I'll, I'll be able to achieve it then we're inherently going to practice that because we learn from our parents mm-hmm. and I guess the only way that I can say I have first-hand experience of that is the fact that you know my parents have always been so so for me saying that you can you can gain anything you want in life and they both believe that they can get anything so since I was a baby they're saying you know you want to be a CEO you can be a CEO you just have to work work hard and and I think that's for me I've seen in my me and my siblings is we're all go-getters you know we're high high strivers because of the way we've seen our parents Mm -hmm. and I guess it's, it's as you said it is how our parents have acted towards us and also interestingly it's not just our family so I believe it's also the people you surround yourself with so I think that if you surround yourself with five people that are really negative you're going to become the sixth yeah I think that's a hard realization too though you grow up with certain people and maybe like in your teen years too and you kind of become accustomed to that type of lifestyle and I think it's we've talked about this too in the past kind of like knowing when to let go of friendships or relationships like romantic or not but you know, you start with them and you meet them and you're so happy with them. They're your best friend, but then you grow in different ways and knowing kind of when to let go of a situation. Well, exactly. Yeah. And it's it's really difficult as well, because when you're so, when you feel really attached to someone, whether that be a relationship or a friend, Mm -hmm. it's really difficult to separate from them and become more, I I feel like, and that's when self-sabotage can be really bad because you think, oh, I wasn't worth that relationship or I wasn't worth that friendship. Is it my fault the friendship dissolved or the relationship dissolved? But actually that's when you need your, your most confidence and you should be like, okay, look, I've let go of this person because we've grown in different ways and it's okay for me to do that. But I have to kind of give myself some benefit of the doubt of I knew that was right. Or even if you second guess it a little bit, well, okay, maybe that that's that's the right thing to do. It's not going to feel right for the next couple of days, but in the end, I'm going to feel better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you know when the right time to let go of friendships or relationships is? Like, I know it's different depending, but how do you know? I just think it is very different for every case. But I think if that friendship is making you feel negative, it is negative. If you feel like you can't open up to them, if you feel like you're constantly being criticized and judged, that's not the person you surround yourself with. You know, Mm -hmm. a friend should be there to support you and a friend should be there to um, look out for you. And also what I find personally, I'm not sure if you guys think the same, but Mm -hmm. I find that you have you you have some friends that whatever choice you make in your life they're there like a brick wall behind you and they, they you know they don't judge you they're just like whatever you want I'm there for you whereas you have the other friends that whatever you decide to do they're, they're picking on it and they're saying why did you do that or that maybe wasn't the best choice and and you feel like you can't win because mm-hmm. whatever you're doing they're criticizing it and I don't believe that's a good friendship. I mean, I don't think that's healthy. And I think as soon as you start to feel like that, whether, you know, it doesn't have to be drastic. Okay, never speak to them again. But yeah. distance yourself. You know, just spend less time with them. Maybe kind of like spend more time with other people and see how you feel around them. That's what I believe. Mm-hmm. Do you have to have a balance with it though? Because you want friends who are going to support you in what you do, but you also want friends who are going to tell you when you're making wrong decisions, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 You do, of course you do. But I think mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say is, of course, you have to be, have people to be honest with you. You know, mm-hmm. I, I cannot stand anything more than when you look really bad in an outfit and someone's going to look great. But I look really bad. So why are you lying to me? You know, mm-hmm. but, yeah. but you, have to, you have to strike that balance. But then there's a difference between them being honest in a nice way that makes you feel not patronized. Mm-hmm. Or, or there's someone that says, oh, that was really bad of you to do that. You know, that doesn't feel nice and all you're doing is making that person feel worse about themselves no I think that's that's a really good point so when we talk about self-sabotage it can it kind of segues nicely into the next kind of thing we want to talk to talk to you about which is like comparing yourself mm-hmm. to other people 
I think that maybe if you're self-sabotaging too in careers or relationships, like maybe some of that can stem from feeling like you're not good enough and, or being jealous of a partner because you think that you're not as good as someone else that they could find, or like you're not good enough to have the job. Do you think self-sabotage and kind of like comparison culture go hand in hand in some ways? 100%. But do you know what I believe? I believe that comparison is a tool of self-sabotage. So I believe that it's actually, we use self-sabotage, sorry, we use comparison as a self-sabotaging method. So obviously comparison is toxic and it just completely degrades your mind and your and your self-esteem and it's it's yeah. like the strangest part is that what we do is we tend to compare ourselves to people in lives that we actually don't know anything about so for example you know we're looking at an influencer or a celebrity and we're like and all they post is the positive aspects of their life they post the highlight reel but right. we see that as their whole life and you know and what you're actually doing is compare comparing your whole life which is a mix of all the negatives and the positives with this like one percent chunk of what we're seeing on instagram i mean no one's going to post on instagram saying i had a really well i mean some people do but mm-hmm. i had a really bad day today i was super down but what not that many people do that they want to seem really positive so for people that are looking at them and looking up to them they're thinking oh am i really strange or feeling down or am i really strange and you're comparing you're, you're comparing yourself to them we are it's all down to the confidence you hold in yourself this type of comparison so until you love yourself and all the thoughts that make you unique you are not going to be you're going to keep finding ways to put yourself down and you're going to keep finding ways to compare yourself and so what i like to say is i believe in the power of affirmations so if you believe you're really comparing yourself to other people why don't you start telling yourself you're beautiful consistently it just does the trick changing your inner thoughts and what, what's really interesting is the brain cannot tell the difference between imagined situations and reality. So it's like basically manipulating your brain into believing something which you're going to benefit in the long run. So if you're telling your brain every day, oh, I wish I was this particular influencer. Oh, her life's perfect. Oh, I don't have a boyfriend. Oh, I'm not that skinny. All you're doing is feeding these negative thoughts. And unless you turn that around and start saying, wow, look at me. Let me compare to people that have less than me. Why don't I say, look, I'm happy. I'm healthy. I've got my family. I've got a roof over my head. I can eat what I want to eat. When, when you, until you start thinking like that, you're going to push yourself down for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And so I think that something really crucial and a fact that I, a tip that I give everyone is that for people who tend to compare on social media, it's so important to give yourself a social media break. So you, all of this kind of that we're talking about today stems to the root of not feeling good about yourself and having low self-esteem is what you're saying. Yeah, I believe that's something that causes a lot of these things. What I've seen in my clients mm-hmm. is that it's the low self-esteem that makes you believe this. Because mm-hmm. I'm not saying everyone with um, the high confidence doesn't have these, because they do. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is you're less likely to look at a feed and think, oh, I wish I was her. If you love yourself, because you'll be like, well, I'm me and I'm amazing. And that person's also amazing. Because what do you guys think? I mean, what? In terms of when you see other people, do you find that the people that push other girls down or other guys down are quite insecure in themselves? Oh, oh yeah, no, totally. Absolutely. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> and I mean, I think even growing up and looking back to like the teen years, those moments when you found yourself because we've all been there where you're insecure and maybe you find yourself saying a comment about someone else that you know you don't actually mean and you don't actually feel but when you actually internalize it and you think about it you're like no the reason why I maybe don't like this person as much or I feel the need to put this other person down is because they have something that I feel like I'm lacking in and that's a hard realization to have totally I mean you're so that's literally spot on it's the projection it's projecting your own insecurities on someone else Mm -hmm. and I mean like you know it's it's when what me personally I find that when I see someone in my life that perhaps is putting me down or making me feel as though that they are kind of making me think that they're not really appreciating what I'm doing for them I think that's just them from your own insecurity so actually rather than hating you and mm-hmm. being mad at you I actually feel, feel sad for you and I think I'm really mm-hmm. sorry you feel that way and because I know I've been there before and I've hated something on someone else that I'm mm-hmm. jealous they have it's mm-hmm. it's it, it's kind of putting it in a more kind of funny way light-hearted way is when you're single and you see couples all around you mm-hmm. and you're just like oh if I see one yeah kid, <laughs> they're like I'm they're so like, cringe their pictures yeah, are so yeah. embarrassing like oh, would never yeah you're like oh my god why would they post that Ew. Like, yeah. so 
And then I'm like, you know, if I have a boyfriend, I'm like, come here. So it's yeah. just so interesting. <laughs> When you recognize it in yourself, you understand why other people do it. You mentioned something in in passing that's kind of going to a different part of the conversation, but you said that our brain can't tell the difference between imagined thoughts and reality, right? Yeah. Do you think that that's – this is just going back to kind of friendships and relationships. Do you think that often we fall for people and we romanticize them because of how we – how we want them to be and how we, you know, rather than the actual reality. And then when you actually come back from it, you're like, wait, maybe I didn't actually have those feelings for that person, but I had feelings for who I wanted them to be. What you're saying is so right, because a lot of the time you fall in love with someone, okay, and the love is kind of blinding you in a way, because although we we all have faults, the faults that maybe you wouldn't see because of the fact that you're with them and you're imagining this person so you know even the small things by saying oh i wish they'd do that but i know one day they'll do it it's like Mm -hmm. wait am i actually in love with who they are or who i want them to be and who i'm imagining they are because if our brain actually doesn't know the difference is my brain actually in love with that person are they in love with this Mm -hmm. fictional character in my head you know Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then how do you, when you see clients that do that, how do you help them differentiate between the reality and almost like deal with that loss of that fictional person that they've created for themselves? So, I mean, it can be really tough for people because dealing with a loss of someone or even imagined fictional part assumption of kind of like a person can feel like you're losing a loved one and what's really interesting is the fact that where we have to go back what I like to say is okay look so is a relationship failing what's the reason so what are your four unnegotiables in a relationship okay they tell me they're four unnegotiables okay the person you're with right now and that's making you feel unhappy in a relationship do those do that does that person tick those unnegotiables and a lot of the time they'll say Mm, no but you know I think they could okay could isn't they're hitting it they could you know I could be the next prime minister I'm not the prime minister so mm-hmm. I don't want people to say I could okay are they or are they not so that's when we're trying to deal with this fictional kind of character because mm-hmm. what we have to say to them is okay so let I would like to say to them write down for me what this person gives to your life and makes you feel like okay they write them down what does the person you believe in your head, the fictional character, make you feel like? What do they do? And they're completely different lists. Mm-hmm. They're completely different lists because one of them's actually what they're doing and the other one's what they're wanting them to do mm-hmm. and what they're imagining them to do because, you know, they're, they're, they're just, in some ways, they're opposing. And that's why I think that, like, a lot of the time when, they, when your mom and dad say, like, oh, love is blind, I'm like, you are so right. Love is blind. <laughs> You know, like, where were my goggles? Okay, well. <laughs> you're like, I need new contacts, new glasses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> get me some really good glasses and let prescription me- glasses. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, but seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that that's so fascinating to me and so interesting to me because I think it's it's really sometimes when you're in something, it's hard to realize that, but then afterwards, you're like, oh wait, what? So how do you know, like? sometimes people do change like when do you know if you should like wait out letting them change or go through something or you should be like okay they're never gonna change I need to so that's that's really really that's a really good question because I think that a lot of people say that because you know you don't want you have to what we're speaking about now is developing Mm -hmm. people go through things in their lives and we have to understand that people will struggle and there are errors but it's whether or not this is at detriment to yourself So whether or not this is making you feel low, whether this is making you feel like you don't want to get out of bed in the morning, um, if that's making you, if someone's own issues is making you feel like that, then then you need to cut them off because you have to focus on you. And sometimes in life, I just see people are so selfless and I just want to be like, be a bit more selfish. You know, my mom's always like, I should just be a bit more selfish than I was because otherwise you know all you're doing is thinking about other people and then you spend your whole life hoping that this person's going to change all these Mm -hmm. friends are going to change and they're not going to change and in in fact you've spent months and months so in in terms of when to stop I think Mm -hmm. when you start feeling like you're unhappy or you're feeling that that person's making you feel that you're not good enough because of the way they're acting um, mm-hmm. and you just feel fed up. I think you need to go with the gut. And as you said earlier, the gut knows sometimes. Mm-hmm. Intuition, just, totally. Intuition. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Kind of, like, I guess we're kind of going away, but, like, more onto relationships. Mm-hmm. Is there 
ever a time where you think you should take someone back? Okay, so <laughs> she's I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> because I, I actually, um, I've had a relationship before. I had three year relationship, and then we broke mm-hmm. up and we got back together. Yeah, a year or so ago, and basically so what I believe is that in life people do deserve a second chance this is universal I just believe because Mm -hmm. people mess up like I was saying before but I think that it just really depends why you broke up in the first place so whether you're able to move past that so for example let's say that someone cheats on you I, I haven't experienced that so then I can sympathize with people but I can't empathize as much because I haven't gone through that so it's difficult for me but I, I, I I've seen that people around me and I think okay look that's a horrible thing to go through if you want to take that person back do you feel as though you're going to bring that up for the rest of your relationship do you feel as though it's an unfinished in an un- unresolved issue or do you mm-hmm. think it's resolved because you're never ever ever going to have a positive relationship again if all you do is bring up that past and that issue mm-hmm. so that's when it's really interesting whether you have to look at yourself and think okay so why did I break up with that person and then then you write down for, for me I brought down the pros and cons of being with that person so do they outweigh do the pros outweigh the cons um do I feel happier with them in my life or do I feel like I I'm happy with the idea of them being in my life. So mm-hmm. there's a big difference. So are you actually feeling elated around them? Do you feel comfortable? Do you go to bed happier? Do you not worry? Or do you feel like, okay, I'll just get back with them because they're the comfort zone. So like, you, you know, every, all these motivational speakers always say the magic happens outside the comfort zone. And I agree. I mean, I agree that a lot of the time, the amazing things that do happen are not in our comfort zone but then at the same time I believe that some people do go through things so they have a trouble in their life and sometimes you do need to forgive them and if they're if they're if you know and as we're going back to the gut and intuition Mm -hmm. if you know that they're a kind person if you know that they maybe they hurt you but it wasn't in a way that is unforgivable then okay maybe you can consider it but my advice would be always take it slow so I would never say okay you broke up and then you decide look I want to try and get back together I would never say delve back into a full relationship seeing them every day I'd say put that toe in the water don't dive right in and just allow yourself to feel see okay do I feel better keep that guard up always I'd say to the ladies and the guys but I'd say keep that guard up a little bit make sure you know what you're doing don't allow yourself to get too attached straight away. If you're feeling good and you're feeling happy and you're seeing the changes that you want to change, but have those four unnegotiables, you know, sit down, have a conversation, make sure they're on the same page as you because if they're on one chapter and you're on the other, you're just going to butt heads and then you've just, you just got over them and then you're going to open yourself back up to get damaged again. Yeah. it's interesting that you say the pro and cons list because you see that I don't know if you've seen the like memes on the internet and Mm -hmm. or like the TikToks that are always like honey if you're either making a pros or cons list about him or you're writing about him in your notes app you know it's time to leave like that's how you know it's toxic (laughs) I mean that is funny that really makes me something I say to my friends like it's why are you making a pro and con list yeah (laughs) There are sometimes you need it because it's, mm-hmm. it's about getting, and this is all, all runs back to therapy. It's like you're getting out the thoughts that are in your head and you're writing them down. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's really interesting too that you say you can stay with someone because it's like your comfort zone too. Yeah. Like you find that you're someone is almost like a crutch to your everyday life because you're just so used to them being a part of your life. But you don't really feel or understand that when you're in it, you're like not as happy as you want to be, but you think that it will get better if you just keep them in your life. Yeah. And also, do you know what's really the funny thing is I, I'm, I'm sure you guys have had the same thought where you you've been with someone and you've been like oh my gosh this is the best relationship ever I will never find anyone that I will <laughs> love or I'll be happy with and then the next boyfriend comes along and you're like Oof. <laughs> just even better you know absolutely you think like your first relationship like nothing could ever be better because you have never experienced other emotions like that before and you don't yeah. think it could be repeatable in the same I guess feeling with somebody else and then you have like another boyfriend that treats you so much better and you're like oh okay let's get up how did I settle for that you know how did I think that that was the standard that I should be of happiness and and now here I am and you and you're and you see that that you kind of like your eyes are shut and you're like oh 
okay <laughs> totally and then I'm so embarrassed I posted on social media I just thought that was so great oh. this conversation has totally oh gone God. a different direction but like honestly I'm learning so much I feel like I'm in my Me own too. personal therapy session it's kind of great <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad. <laughs> Do you find that it's gendered at all? Like, do you find like women experience more self-sabotage or more comparison than maybe men do? Or do you think it just appears in different ways? I think that perhaps there's a little bit more in women because I think women feel, I'm not saying men do, but I think women feel more of a pressure because of, because of social media. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I do believe it is. It's just like, you you know, it's it's these small things that people won't talk about, but it's like, okay, I am who I am and I'm happy with who I am, but this is another self-sabotaging behavior. Mm-hmm. So I see in a relationship, girls will look and they'll be like, oh, my boyfriend liked that photo of this girl that's naked with this, mm-hmm. I don't know, like completely different figure to me or different color hair, whatever. A lot of clients say that to me and I'm like, okay, so either you're going to think about that and think, okay, look, they just think, that that person's beautiful and that's okay you know you can't restrict someone to not think other people are beautiful it's what they right. do with that thought but then I think with girls what we do is we sit and we ruminate <laughs> and we're like is there something wrong with me am I am, yeah. am I wrong or is am I ugly or whereas I think a lot of the time with guys not all of them but a lot of the time with guys they kind of brush it off and they're like ah okay she liked that photo. that's a bit annoying but whatever they love me you know they don't think the way we think mm-hmm. we are literally so different in the way we think and I can't push that deeper into people's minds. It's like mm. men and women are so different. You know, yeah. <laughs> so differently. the way yeah. that we expect from a guy, I'm sorry, but no matter what loving men I've met in my life, they don't think like us. They just don't. <laughs> Love it. That's just, yeah, I feel like it's the root of so many issues, but in a way we do it to ourselves yeah. sometimes. Yeah. So when you have clients come in then who, you know, maybe they're upset about something minor, like an Instagram post. And I mean, depending on someone's relationship, maybe that's a minor mm-hmm. issue, maybe not. Like, who knows? I can't say. But how do you differentiate them between this is your own insecurity. You need to understand that you're projecting on this other person rather than the way that this person is treating you is bringing these insecurities out in you that you didn't necessarily have before. And it's more of a them causing you to be insecure rather than it's your internal problem so that's so again that's just such an amazing question because it is so true I mean there's so many people that it's difficult because is it their insecurities or is it the way that someone's making them feel now I think that it's difficult I think let's we need to revert back and think about how we feel on the inside so are you a insecure person as it is you know not just relationship are you actually self-sabotaging in ways other than the relationship are you feeling critical about yourself when it's not to do with your boyfriend or girlfriend and if you are not then maybe it is the way the boyfriend's making you feel um and then and then again it's difficult because then in some cases someone's being made to feel insecure because of the long-term effects of the neglection from a relationship Mm-hmm. So it is so individual and it's so case by case in this situation. But I think that what it is, is whether whether or not you, whether or not you are going out your way all the time to gain attention from your partner because you feel as if they don't give it to you. You know, th- there's levels. I mean, you don't have to expect roses every single time they see you, but there's levels. And I think that you have to come to the understanding with your partner. And it's a lot, this is a lot about communication. So if you say to your partner, for example, look, I feel as though you maybe don't make me feel as good as I want to feel. And they say, oh, you know, I'm so sorry. This is, compl- I didn't mean to make you feel that way. Then they're understanding you that maybe things can get better. And if they say, oh, you're being dramatic, oh, they're just insecure. No, they're actually manipulating you. And if they're saying that, oh, your emotions are invalid or you, you're just being dramatic, they're gaslighting you. And, you. and we need to remember that these things are, they're common. And you need to make sure you're aware of them and you need to make sure that you realize that whether they're happening or not. I think you're right, though. It's Everything is very specific to the situation that someone is in but it's it's good to be able to like take a step back and from what I'm getting from you it kind of just boils down to yes like your own insecurities and kind of looking at yourself but I think that maybe if if you are in a relationship with someone for a while I think that if you're still just constantly insecure in it like friendships and relationships I feel like at the Mm -hmm. end of the day are not supposed to make you feel insecure exactly We have to bring you up. I mean, I believe that if you're in a relationship, that person should be adding to your life, not deducting. Mm -hmm. 
Well, because everyone has insecurities in life, right? Like everyone is going to have insecurities and you want to find friends and you want to find people in relationships that understand your insecurities and will help you be released of them as much as you possibly can. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you kind of brought up like manipulation in Mm -hmm. relationships and things like that. So when maybe something's happening that could seem like it's manipulative, how can you kind of get away from that? Because sometimes the manipulation is so deep and so effective. So what are some just maybe quick ways that people may be experiencing that can kind of identify it and get the courage to make a change? I think that obviously with manipulation is if you feel as though you are being, someone's making you kind of feel like, everything you say is invalid or making you think that you're stupid or you're always wrong, um, then they're manipulating you. And that leads on to gaslighting. And there's, for example, say, you know, they're making you feel like your emotions are stupid. You know, if you cry and they, they look at you and think, oh, you're being dramatic, things like that. As I said, that is, this is all manipulation. You know, if you're feeling like there's something really that could go into something bad, prevent it from getting bad. I mean, I'm not saying every Everyone can do that but try your hardest to speak to someone try your hardest to kind of like un, like get 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 those feelings out and understand whether or not this is going to be something that you can't come back from do you think there's another side of it too where instead of someone like in through manipulation like pushing you down and bringing you down they'll do things negatively to you or they'll like hurt you in ways but then when they come back and then there's the love bombing and then it's like oh but they're they're so sorry and they didn't mean to and they did these bad things because they care so much and somehow they turn it around that way oh this is so common and you know it's I, I want to shout at the people that, that trust. I want to say to the people, not shout, but I want to say when they <laughs> like, I don't want to yell. <laughs> I don't want to yell, but I, I just don't want them to. When, when people say, oh, you know, he did that because he loves me. I'm like, oh, but please. I just don't want you to trust that because if someone loves you, they don't want to inflict pain on you. They just don't. So, you know, if someone's telling you they, they love you and that's why, and all these excuses that they can come up with, like, oh, you know, I did this because I was in a bad place, but I love you. And it when as soon as that starts to happen, I'm just like, get out. No one, no one goes out their way to inflict pain, as I said, on someone that they love. If so, if you love someone, you don't want to harm them. And and I think you need to cut, look back on yourself and think, have I done something to hurt that person? Have I? And if I haven't, or if I have, okay, let's analyze it. But if I haven't ever done anything to hurt that person, why? are they hurting me that's not right and that's not the way I should feel that's not fair and actually it's it's unacceptable it's so hard because sometimes when that when they are sorry and they're love bombing it feels so good it's like everything you wanted like maybe Mm -hmm. those non-negotiables that you said those four they're actually starting to do as because they're so sorry and then it goes back so it's, it's so hard to see those feelings as a manipulation tactic versus how they truly feel because you have to see it's so difficult I mean it it can be so damaging and hurtful for you but what you have to look at it is that okay look are they doing these things that I asked them to do a year ago after they've hurt me because of the fact that short term they want to win me back or are they doing it because they actually want to be different are they doing it because they truly have changed I don't think change happens overnight I think change happens as a gradual process and I think that if someone's hurt you really badly on a Monday and the Wednesday they're saying I'm a completely different person and they're Mm -hmm. practicing all the things that you want them to practice I don't believe that that's genuine yeah that's a really good almost like a tip like if they're saying they've changed right away maybe just take a step back and say okay I need a couple months to really see the change or take your time exactly because change doesn't happen immediately especially if someone's really badly hurt you I mean Mm -hmm. I think be forgiving but to an extent not to the extent that you are um damaging yourself Right. And, you're, and you're sacrificing happiness. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love how this went from like self-sacrifice <laughs> <Yeah>. comparison <laughs> and like the workplace <laughs> to relationship. Like you seem very pro like affirmations and manifestation and stuff yeah. too. And I, I've just seen it kind of like completely erupt over social media in the last like eight months, nine months, a year. Like everyone's just, we talked about it to our last guest, just about intention setting and journaling and writing down and 
manifestation and stuff. And I was just wondering kind of what your take on it was. Sure. So I like, I, I believe greatly in, um, in the law of attraction, which mm-hmm. is like manifestation. So mm-hmm. I, I believe you can use the power of the universe to manifest what you want. I'm going to say something controversial in the sense of, I believe that manifestation, I do believe, that there's an energy and that, that, that you can draw in the things you want in your life. But I also believe in the placebo effect with manifestation because I believe that mm. when you manifest, you are attracting it into your life, but you're also subconsciously acting now to get the manifestation you want. So you're making room for it. So, you know, I believe with manifestation, I mean, I've done, I, I'm sure some of you may see on my page, I did a manifestation with, um, house of roxy and they we did a whole ritual with it and it was really amazing and i felt fantastic and that was burning the sage and burning the candle um and it was great but um i feel as though something really important that she said is that you need to make space for the manifestation to come in so i believe with my when i'm manifesting i think okay look it doesn't always have to be a whole ritual you can just do it by yourself you can sit in bed you can write down what you want so a lot of people, they try manifestation, but they don't actually allow it to happen because they don't believe in it. And they also don't make space for it. So if you're sat at home saying, I really want a new boyfriend, but you've still got a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you believe though that like, you're, <laughs> you're a believer then of like, to get what you want in life, you sometimes have to just like cut ties on the yeah. other things. You can't just, can't just let everything like, oh, I want to keep this job, but I want this other job. And I'm just going to hang on to this one until this one just perfectly transition with my two week notice. Right. Yes. People like sometimes they just expect so much. They're like, you know, I just, you know, I really, really want that new boyfriend. And I'm just like, but you're in a relationship. Yeah, you're like, you're literally having your anniversary tomorrow with this other yeah. person. <laughs> you break up with him and then, you know, then we can go on to trying to manifest you and your boyfriend, but just one step at a time, you know? Yeah. I just, that's what I believe in manifestation. So I do believe, as I said, hand in hand with you need to believe in it, but also there's a type of placebo effect in a good way. In a good way. Yeah. Mm. So do you say that everyone should see a therapist? I or how do you know when you should start? I personally believe that everyone should see one. I mean, and that, that is not from any financial um, kind of like gain for me. I'm saying no, as if yeah. from, from childhood, I always thought, you know, my, like my parents got divorced. Um, nothing severely bad happened, but I went to a psycholo- psychologist um, and it helped so much. And mm-hmm. I had a really bad fear of burglars as well. Mm-hmm. Went to a psychologist, no fear of burglars now. And I think that what it is, is I think a lot of the time, a psychologist can be really good for people that don't think that they have a problem because it's a prevention technique. So Mm -hmm. what I always say is that kind of therapy to me is like Mm -hmm. um, a fire alarm. So sometimes we don't actually get the fire alarm batteries checked until a fire goes Mm -hmm. off in the house. And by that, (laughs) so you need to check your fire alarm. So go and check on yourself before the fire happens rather than going when it's too late and you're really disrupted and everything's wrong. You know, it's, it's, it's about prevention and, and without you sitting down and thinking, okay, look, I'm not, I'm not saying to people to go and like think, oh my God, there must be something wrong with me. Not at all. But I'm mm-hmm. saying that you, you should never fear speaking to someone because everyone has a niggle inside them that they actually want, they, they could get ironed out. And why not get the technique? you know why not when you're feeling a little bit down get the technique so you'll never feel really down I totally agree with you that I think everyone should go go to therapy guys go see ocean why don't we teach so many more techniques about depression anxiety stress coping as like when we're kids what 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 am I using algebra for right now I mean I'm just (laughs) what was the purpose of that so true when I could be learning how to get over an ex or be more positive about myself and learn to love myself more. That was what I needed to learn. So mm-hmm. I'm so for prevention. I'm so for learning this stuff before it becomes too late. I feel like I have so many more tools in my toolkit. So mm-hmm. thank you so much for that. I know we went off a little bit off. 
agenda. Yeah, we, but I feel like we did cover like what we wanted to talk about. And I feel like there's so many other things we could talk to you about in the future oh, right. too. Well, definitely we'll do another chat one time. I'd I'm love really, I really enjoyed it. And I, there's so much more I want to speak with you guys about. Yeah, totally. We do have two questions though, before we're going to let you go that we ask all of our guests. Um, it's kind of just like something that we ask everyone. <laughs> this question is actually going to be kind of interesting because we, a lot of our guests have been kind of in the, lo- our local community and mm-hmm. also just like around British Columbia in Canada where we're from um we ask our guests to plug a local business to support or even if there's like another page that you think is really useful for mm-hmm. our followers to follow sure. on Instagram something like that that's Maybe. a good yeah. one my mom also she does life coaching so oh I to my mama and um she she has a page called the journey of healing uh-huh. and she gives little snippets of positivity and she also does work with clients um to help uh, and helps her with life coaching and she's just incredible I mean she does she knows exactly what she's doing so I guess I'd give some love to that amazing I'll follow oh, that page awesome. for sure that's awesome yeah, me too our second wrap-up question is what is your boss chick anthem the song that just hypes you up when you need it Ooh. Do you know what? <laughs> I'm going to be so cliche and I'm going to say it. um, it's a song by, uh, it's like H.E.R and it's called Two. And it, I mean, it's mm-hmm. just, I think it's totally contradictory to being like this really sweet, kind, like what, I don't know how yeah. to even say yeah. it. I don't know why, it just, it just pumps me. I love it. So you guys yeah. have to give that song a listen and let me know what you think. And I then love it's- her. You love her. Love her. She just oh. won a Grammy for for record of the year, song of the year. I yeah. don't even know if I've yes. heard it. What's oh, the song Kennedy. called? What's the song you called? You need to listen to all of her songs. Oh, I, I listen to it in the shower. I'm like washing my hair. Like, oof, I feel so yeah. powerful. <laughs> that is a boss song, love I'm telling that. you. So, yeah, oh, okay. I'm gonna listen Such to it good as choice. soon as we hang up. Like, definitely. Yeah, listen to it. Enjoy it. So powerful. It's amazing. Okay, cool. Definitely will. Okay, thank you so much for making this work with us and chatting with us. And thank you guys for what you're doing as well. Like, I think it's incredible. I feel honored. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ocean, for being on the podcast. That was so informative. And honestly, we got totally off track. That was not at all what we were supposed to talk about for the most part. But honestly, thank you for listening to Cassandra and I kind of turn that into our own personal therapy session that we didn't know we needed. No, but we definitely needed. There's so much that I took away from. And honestly, after just like that interview, I left feeling like, okay, I got this. I feel like I worked through my own issues. I'm like good to Mm -hmm. go. I'm a better person. And we just got that from an interview. So definitely check her out a hundred percent and like I think if you actually went and talked to her about your own issues and problems it would be so helpful I think let's get an ocean channel on this thing every Sunday morning I want to wake up and just do a mini (laughs) you know kind of like subconscious therapy session with her and just get her to talk about stuff because I think what I picked out too is it wasn't just what you wanted to hear it was both sides of an argument and kind of understanding maybe why people are the way that they are like when she talked about self-sabotage if you're someone who self-sabotages but also if you're someone who has a friend who self-sabotages understanding that so her perspectives are very well-rounded no absolutely the biggest takeaway for me for sure was like when she talked about self-sabotaging and like relationships and friendships and kind of like is that feeling like am I doing it or do I need to walk away and kind of helping me understand that difference was so Mm -hmm. helpful and I know Mm -hmm. like our listeners are just gonna love that too 100% so follow her on Instagram ocean therapy book a session with her yeah if you're in Canada do it who cares we made it work zoom in one-to-one sessions Mm -hmm. just her voice is soothing that's oh honestly I I, I was listening back to the episode when I was editing it, and I was like, this is the smartest episode we've ever had, the most brilliant <laughs> episode we've ever had, and all she had done is go, like, hi, my name's Ocean. I know. Because of her accent, oh. I was like, she is show-stopping. I know. You don't even have to, like, listen to what she says, just the sound of her voice is therapy. Exactly. <laughs> you know how, we were talking about this earlier, but, like, you know how you listen to the sounds of the ocean mm-hmm. to go to bed? Listen to just Ocean's voice <laughs> to go to bed. It'll put you to sleep, it'll relax, Twenty you just crawl this into episode- bed on a 24-hour loop loop yeah and it's actually our voices out it's not just good for us yeah got us out yeah (laughs) because we'll just give you nightmares like our voice is what nightmares are made of try (laughs) we try but we're not soothing like no no it wouldn't wouldn't be good we can't you're like don't do it don't do it (laughs) 
All right. Thank you guys for the people who signed up to our newsletter. Yay. Shout out. If you didn't get it, it's in your spam box. <laughs> Where we belong. Yeah. In the spam box. I would like to be in everyone's like main number one inbox, but yeah. I want to be in your inbox. I know. A lot of people have asked me like, why can't they see it? It's like definitely went to spam. You got to put us as a favorite. As we should be yeah. favorites. You know the drill. Like, download, subscribe, leave a review. And with that... The bosses are out. The office is now closed. And we'll see you next week.